We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ryan, right, before Ryan. we yeah, before we dive into yeah. the mailbag, I, I do because we, we we did promise early in the show that we would we'd yes. give a recruiting update. So before we dive into the mailbag, I do want you to kind of give the latest on on Jason Robinson and just kind of yes. what 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 you've been able to dive into and find out there, and then we'll then we'll get into the questions. Sure. Yeah. So originally, Jason was supposed to come on campus on the 16th, which was Sunday. He was at the Penn State spring game and i think he actually ended up staying until overnight into sunday so he stayed saturday and sunday at penn state doing a little bit of the midwest swing he was also at syracuse a couple days before that so they've been kind of all over the northeast and midwest here and basically what happened brian is he shows up on the 17th which is a monday gets there about midday i think it's like 12 o'clock when the robbins family finally gets in and the original plan from what my understanding is that, Hey, we're going to spend the entire day here and then we're going to leave sometime tomorrow morning, tomorrow afternoon. Like that's kind of the plan. Well, as we are sitting here now on a Wednesday, which is the 19th, the Robinson family is still in on campus, still here. So they have now been here for two full days and a half of another one so far. Right? So we're sitting here in, this is an unusual territory ish. I mean, we see this sometimes, but usually the multi-day type of stays are much more official visit type of situations. Mm -hmm. Spending this many days on an unofficial visit, it's different. It's different. And from everything that I've been able to gather behind the scenes from sources close to to the Robinson family, the coaches are knocking this one out of the park. Absolutely are. And from the sound of it, the plan is still for the Robinsons or for Jason to take his official visits here coming up very shortly, you know, in, you know, the June in, in, yeah, Yeah. May, May into June, right. To be able to take those unofficial, uh, those official visits. So this is not one where I'm saying like, Oh, he's committed and blah, 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 blah. But what I am telling you is, is that heading into that, that official visit schedule that will be out there, which I expect Notre Dame to also be a part of, by the way, Notre Dame is in a very, very good spot and has really hit this one out of the park. And guys, just for some context on this one, guys and gals, excuse me for that. 
This is a player that guys is a general term. People aren't going to be offended by that one. Just want to make sure, man. Just want to make sure. Jason Robinson is a Long Beach Poly kid, which is out in California, Long Beach, California, that was committed to the University of Southern California for a long time, sophomore year up until you know a couple months ago. So he was committed to USC for uh, over a year. Notre Dame has continued, and this is a shout-out to the coaching staff, but specifically Chancey Stuckey. He has been a monumental part of this recruitment that has kept Jason's eyes open. And the minute that he decommitted from USC, Notre Dame was at the forefront of being one of the assumed big players there. So I just want to do a quick shout-out to Chancey Stuckey because I think that this one is trending in a great direction for Jason eventually being a part of the Notre Dame program. And we'll know, obviously, more of it after the official visit schedule and all that great stuff. But Chancey Stuckey has been an absolute baller on this recruitment. Absolute Mm -hmm. baller. Getting a Long Beach kid to be seriously interested in Notre Dame is a big thing in general. And, Brian, can I also mention the two times he's been on campus? One was the Boston College game, which we know was a snowball. A lot of snow in that one. And the last couple days in South Bend have not been the best weather of all time either. It's been pretty cold. Not not the most pretty weather. That's not super cold, but yeah, it's been cold. Yeah. We got a little sunshine yesterday, though. That's good, man. That's good. But to get him in those situations, a Long Beach kid, and to be able to hit these notes they're hitting with Jason Robinson, great job by Notre Dame. And they put themselves in a tremendous position with the California pass catcher. 2024, by the way. I don't think I've mentioned 2024, kid. I am curious to see if the process gets sped up by certain factors that may happen over the next couple weeks. It's possible. That's going to be interesting. But I will say that it is interesting, too, because I have noticed that Notre Dame is not putting any pressure on kids to commit that want to take officials. They're being very adamant. If a kid wants to make, and and there's been some kids that have brought up wanting to commit. We know of one kid that did it. Well, I'll just say it. Peyton Pierce committed to Notre Dame. But – he wanted to go public, but Notre Dame was like, "But you're going to take more visits, and so we're we're not, you know, we're not going to take that right now." Yeah, and and uh, smart because now they didn't lose. I mean, he didn't flip. Notre Dame did not. I shouldn't say he committed. Peyton Pierce wanted to commit to Notre Dame. Yes, yes, and yep. they said not right now. Take the visit first. Now that's not me saying they didn't want Peyton Pierce. That's not me. well. You know, they didn't even want. No, they wanted him, but they're they learned their lesson from last year. Yep, about that. And 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 you know, don't don't go public until you are a hundred percent certain and visits are done. Right, that's that's the lesson. And they're they're not treating silent commitments that way, the way that they did last year. Yep, it's like, look, as long as you're taking visits, we're that spot's still open. We can say you're silent or whatever, but that spot's open. And I think that's smart. I think it's very smart to see them taking that approach, and it shows me that they they've learned quickly. They've learned yep. they've adjusted very quickly to, to what big boy fo- big boy recruiting is all about. Yep. You know, it's just in Cincinnati I, anymore. It's just Notre Dame. It's a different animal. And they've been very open about that conversation. I think it's a great note, Brian. Like even yep. to Jason, like I Jason was already commit this trip. So like that's not what I'm saying right. out in the universe, but they had a truthful right. conversation of like, hey man, we love you. We think you love us, but like don't make a decision. Right now, or any time in the next couple of days, right? Until you're Go ready on to your shut visits. it down. Exactly. Right. If you want to take visits, that's fine. But you're not going to commit to us until after those visits have happened. So that's right. kind of the conversations that have happened, not only to Jason, but to other recruits as well, right? Like that's yeah. a conversation piece that needs to happen. 
And I think that does show growth for Notre Dame. So that's yeah, a great note, absolutely. I think. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. And a super chat from Danny Roberts. Great last name. Great last yeah. name. Coach D. If Thank Notre you for the Dame. super chat also, Danny, even though Ryan's obsessing over the beauty of your last name. I also wanted to thank you for your super I, I, chat. I just, I just assumed <laughs> that. <laughs> Danny, thank you so much for the super chat and there for having the greatest go. last name. <laughs> no, to bad. Coach D, if Notre Dame were to make the playoff in the fall, of the top teams who are competing for a spot, who would be some of the better matches for Notre Dame based off of scheme and personnel? It's a good question. It's a really good question. Yeah. So, you know, this is going to sound crazy. I'm going to say this. I want Notre Dame to play Georgia in the playoff if Georgia is in the playoff. Meaning what I don't want to happen is I don't want Notre Dame to get in and let's say draw a TCU type of team. And then the way the seeding works out, you know, Georgia and Ohio State play each other. And then um, Ohio State knocks, uh, say Ohio State, because Notre Dame would have knocked them out. Let's just say, uh, pick a team, I don't know, Oregon gets in some wildly, or Washington gets in, and all of a sudden Notre Dame, you know, beats Oklahoma in the semifinals. Nobody cares. I mean, Oklahoma's even worse in the playoff than you are, Notre Dame. And then you then Georgia gets upset by Washington or Oregon, and then you beat them, and then your your title is just kind of diminished because well you didn't beat Alabama, you didn't beat Georgia, you did, you know, and and now it won't be diminished in practice. I'm talking about like how some in the media and fans will portray it, right? And also for me, for me as a competitor, I want to beat the big dog, right? Like I, what I love about the '88 title is you had to beat the big dog to get there. They had to beat Miami. That was the big dog back. Defending champs had won 30 some games, regular season games in a row. You had to beat the big dogs to get there. And I just feel like I want to play Georgia. And I also feel like Georgia is the ultimate test of who are you as a team, Notre Dame? Because Georgia plays football very similarly to Notre Dame. 
not not schematically Ryan, but but how they build their team. It's in the inside out, baby. That's that's how they build their roster. Notre Dame does as well. And so part of you know the matchup is can you beat beat the team that's built like you, but the perception is is built better than you. Yeah. That's just how I am. That's just the kind of competitor I am. And if I know Marcus Freeman at all, and if I know the players in this team at all, that's what they want. They don't want the easy path. They want I want to I'll, I'll bring on Jordan. Now you don't say that publicly because you don't want to wake up that you know you don't want to be that guy. You know, like yeah. bring on. Remember when? Remember that year when Vanderbilt started off like four and zero, five and zero, and they're like, bring on Bama. And it's like, mm, bro, guys, you haven't beat anybody was good. It, was that the was that the Jared Pinkney year? I, was that that I year? Think so. Or? And then yeah. they played Alabama. And it went exactly how you think it would go when a team calls out Alabama, you know, and it's like, yeah, that was not a good idea. I'm trying to think of what year it was. Was it 17, Ryan? I'm trying to find the year that it was. They had uh, one it good was, year. No, was, it was 2017. Team. Yeah, they started off 3-0. and They had just beat Kansas State, and they had Bama come to town the next week. Yeah. And they were on the old um, bring on Bama. And Bama beat them 59 to nothing. You only won two good, more games the rest of the year. That was <laughs> so, a good Vanderbilt team, though. They had Kyle yeah. Shermer and, and, and it ended, ended up not yeah. being that good. But I yeah. think part of it was just of how badly they got beat the next three weeks. Yeah. Um, and so, because uh, they ended up five and seven, but it was a talented Vanderbilt team, in my yeah. opinion. It's the one that that let them do a bowl game the next year. I mean, it was that. It was that. It was, it was you know Kyle Shermer you mentioned, uh, Trent Shurfield, Kalijah Lipscomb was a guy that I liked a lot. Jared Lipscomb Pinkham was on that team. Player. Yeah. Uh, Ralph Webb was the leading receiver, a rusher on that team. Uh, Vaughn was the next year. Yeah, uh, Keyshawn, Keyshawn transfer from year. Illinois. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's a good player though. Good yep, player. yep, and and I think that team also, if I remember correctly, uh, yeah, Oren Burks was on that team as well. Remember him? Good player. Yeah. yeah, he plays. Um, I think he starts for the Green Bay Packers still. Oren Burks. Yeah. So or he so, I mean, so, so Georgia's one. Uh, I think Michigan is a team that I think Notre Dame would match Mich- up well. Against. Michigan's a big one for me, man. Yeah. That's a big one. Yeah, I think they match I, I think well against Michigan. A lot of what you said with Georgia, like Michigan, is built similarly to Notre Dame. They want to be rock solid in the trenches and be able to work inside out. Like they want to do that type of stuff. I really think that Notre Dame could take advantage of things though in the space a little bit. I think they have some better athletes at certain spots, which they be able to take some opportunities there. And I think Michigan has a chance to have. Some pretty good skill this year. They do, and and but I think Notre Dame is built to where they can match up better against that. I mean, we saw that last year. I mean, yep. Uh, I, it's funny, you know. I was I was talking. We were talking the other one of the shows recently, and you know about how it's important that the North as a whole get better, not just Notre Dame. It's important sure. that the whole get better. Now you will need to be the best of the teams in the North. But one of the things is often mis overlooked about Michigan the last couple of years is they've got more athletic at the skill positions. Yeah. And you know, you've got Notre Dame. I think I would argue that Notre Dame, Michigan, Penn state, and Ohio state have four of the six or seven best running back rooms in all of college football. And one, two punches. There aren't many better than Blake Corman and Donovan Edwards. There aren't many. Now they're not quite as good at receiver, but they're, they're, they got some athletes out there, you know, they're not, they're not stiffs out there, but I think Notre Dame matches up well against that. I'd be I'd be concerned about Michigan's run game more than their pass game in that type of matchup for Notre Dame. And and again, it's but I but I also but to your point, Ryan, I think Notre Dame's secondary would match up much better against Michigan's skill than yep. Michigan's secondary would match up against Notre Dame's skill, in my opinion. 
And so I, I, I like that matchup as well. I do. It would be fun. And I like those It'd two be a matchups. Lot of fun. And uh, I think they match up a lot better against Alabama's offense than they ever have. This would be the best chance they have at slowing down Alabama's offense ever. But I, but I think Alabama's defense is built in a way that would would give Notre Dame a lot more problems than the other two defenses that I mentioned. And, and you should and you should know what the Alabama offense will look like pretty well, right? right? <laughs> and it, it's not even about that, honestly. Even if it was yeah. Bill O'Brien or if the guy from Washington would have been hired, I just don't think the personnel's as good. To, I've said I said this before Tommy Reese took that job. I've been saying this for a while. The personnel's not as good as it's been. Now it's still good. It's still sure. really good. It's just not as good as it's been. You know, the sure. the receiving core looks nothing like it did in eighteen and nineteen and twenty, even before you know Jalen Waddle got hurt. And so I just uh, I I just don't think it's as good as it's been. Now they could go out and get some transfers here in, in April and May and look different, you know. But like I I'm not worried about Ty Simpson and Jalen Milrow. I'm not worried about the receiving core that they have. The defense matches up I mean because they got some speedy, some really twitchy edge rushers. I expect Dallas Turner to have a, a bounce back year. I do. Mm-hmm. You know, getting Keon Keely in as a freshman. And they've got some DBs that have – and this is the thing for me, Ryan. They have some corners that have the size to match up with Notre Dame's big receivers. Kool-Aid Kistry and Terry Arnold. Yes, yes. Their corners – like Terry's, what, six foot, 190-something with pretty long arms. Uh, The other kid, Kool-Aid is – Yeah, six one and a half, uh, 190-plus, long arms. They've got some strength. Terry Arnold was pretty strong for a freshman, I thought, as a corner. So that's the thing for me is they have some some athletes there that that have some size to them and have some length to them that would present a little bit tougher matchup, I think, for Notre Dame than than some of the other guys, uh, teams at the top teams that they play. So I think it'd be a a thing where it would be a much lower scoring game than we've seen in the playoff. I think a Notre Dame-Alabama game would be – a 27-24, 30-27 type of game as opposed to some of the other shootouts we've seen. Because I think both defenses match up really well against the other team's offense. So that's where that's how I kind of view it, right? You see it a different you see it differently? No, not really. I I don't I don't I'm really interested to see this Alabama team because I really don't know what to expect from that man. Like I just wasn't in love with the coordinator hires. I'm not even talking about Tommy. I'm talking about the Kevin Steele hire. I like the Tommy Reese hire a whole lot more than the Kevin Steele hire. Yeah. A whole uh, lot Kevin, more. Kevin Steele hire did nothing for me, like nothing yeah. for me. I'm just like, oh, okay, yeah. sure. Nick, we're going back into the past, I guess. Like, okay, cool, man, cool. But yeah, I yeah. mean, I don't, I don't know what to expect from the quarterback position. I don't know what to expect from the offensive line as much either. I mean, because they have the right tackle back, but like, there's a bunch of new guys stepping in as well. Like, I just don't know what to expect, man. I mean, you yeah. lose. I know Tyler Steen wasn't a great player, but like you lose Tyler Steen, you lose Javion Cohen who transferred, you lose Emil Ekior who's the other starting guard. Like so, like you're replacing three starters at least up front. So like I don't know, I just have questions. I have questions. I, I have a question too. Patrick Frass actually asked a question after the super chat, so I wanted to bring that sure. up. But Patrick, I need to ask you a question first. He said super late, but do you think it's important what teams pick? What team picks their quarterback? Uh, I just, if you could do me a favor, Patrick, and just clarify, are you referring to for the Notre Dame team draft or are you referring to like the NFL draft? I just want a little clarification. And once you do that, I would love to, um, I would love to kind of hear that and we'll, we'll, we'll dive into that a little bit. So yeah, I, I, I appreciate you kind of clearing that up a little bit. 
So once you do that, Patrick, we'll bring it. And do not super chat it. You've already given a super chat. Just give me some clarification on your question, and then we'll um, we'll uh, we'll answer it then. So I'll I'll be on the lookout for that. So let's get back on track, Rye. From Tommy Guns, Crocs and Glocks. What's up, Tommy? Mailbag, Brian. In going to need, I'm going to need you to video chat me so I can watch the Blue Gold game. Still not paying for Peacock. <laughs> Well, I think Notre Dame's streaming service is going to have it as well, right, Ryan? I think they've said Are that they? their streaming yeah, service, they, that Fighting Hopefully. Irish Media thing, or something like that. I think, but um, yeah, man, I, I wish I could, but I, I where I'm sitting, you wouldn't be able to see. Tommy, Tommy, come on, man! This is the year 2023. You buy the the trial offer, and then you cancel before the trial offer is over. Come on, man! It's very easy. You sign up. Yeah. Put your credit card in, and the end of the seven days, yeah. you cancel no, Tom, it. Tom, Tommy's taking a stance that I respect. I, I respect when yeah. people are willing to sacrifice things that they love to make a point, and I get it. I think it's silly that people have to pay four ninety nine just to watch Notre Dame. In in a here's the thing: if if Peacock was putting together a quality broadcast. Yeah. Or if NBC, but they're their spring like th- like they're doing interviews last year and the audio kept popping and you couldn't hear it. And it's just like, you want me to pay for this and you can't even put a good product out? Remember the one year they took like the weird angles? They like because NBC has yeah. always used Notre Dame as a guinea pig. Hey, let's try these really stupid looking angles out. And if it works, then we'll use it in the NFL. If it doesn't work, then it just means that all the Notre Dame fans had to enjoy a miserable produced spring game. Or the announcers so, or trial yeah, announcers. Right. And, so it's like yeah. I get that. I'm sympathetic to people that don't want to pay $4.99 to watch a crappy production produced product. Now the, then their name product will be cool. But it's like I'm not supporting that because you're 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 you don't you don't care. And so until Peacock and NBC start actually taking the Notre Dame broadcast more seriously, it's just gonna be the case. Now, my hope is that the, the, the in two years when we watch the Notre Dame spring game, it's gonna be on Paramount Plus. Because the Paramount Plus stream is light years, in my opinion, beyond the Peacock stream. And it's CBS, I think, is puts on a much better college football product on, on to out than I think um, NBC. NBC. I've always I've always thought CBS does a great job covering games. It just they weren't willing to pay what the SEC wanted. That's what it boils down to for me. Yeah, or maybe they couldn't afford to pay what what they wanted. But uh, I think I, I I still say I'd love to see Notre Dame go to CBS. I would. Tommy, you I can would. use some of those vacation days, man. Just take the rig out to South Bend as well. Yeah. You can go yourself. There you go. There you go. Uh, somebody asked Ryan. They want us to t- comment on the on the um, the the ESPN released their football power index. I was going to okay. talk about it today, but what I decided I'm going to do is I'm going to wait till next week, and we'll just have a show on it. Just you okay. know. Just what we liked about it, what we didn't like about it, you know, sure. what we think of where Notre Dame is ranked, fair, unfair, where would we have Notre Dame ranked, that kind of stuff. Gotcha. So we'll, we'll dive into that because, you know, there are some rankings that are made sense, right? Okay. Notre Dame at nine. I'm okay with that at, at nine. Now, I think Notre Dame would be better than that, but like they're not, oh, nine and four. Marcus Freeman's has some questions to answer. There's still some things we need to learn about this football team. I'm, I'm, I'm fine. Sure. I actually think that's kind of high. That's one of the higher rankings that are out there. Most teams don't even have Notre Dame, most outlets don't even have Notre Dame in the top 10. But then you see like Texas at five and you're like, hold on a second. <laughs> hold on a second. You're, you're going to have Notre Dame at nine and Texas at, at, at five. Based and that's based on, on 
That's based on but, returning production. That's how you do it. I based guess. on what? I mean, they went eight and five last year. Yeah. Notre Dame went nine and four. Right. What yeah. What was their big win last year? Kansas State. They lost to freaking Texas Tech. They lost to Oklahoma State. I mean, you know, okay, they they lost to TCU seventeen to ten at home. The game was not that close. It was seventeen to three, and then Texas returned a touch a fumble a fumble late in the game to make it seventeen ten. You got completely outplayed. You know, so so like. So that'll be the conversation. We'll, we'll have that kind of conversation, but it, that's more of a fun show to do as opposed to a segment in another show or in a mailbag. So Detroit, we will, we will get to that next week. I promise. So here, here we go, Ryan, let's get back on track from Dawson Torpy. I'm going to be in Ireland for the Navy game. Will you guys be there as well? I will not, I, I will not either. So just looking at the, uh, the price, I just, um, it just I had to make the business decision because my wife and I would love to go to Ireland. We want to go to Ireland, but we want to go when it is like where we can actually go enjoy it. And yeah. the first week with all the shows and stuff, it just is going to be really hard because most people in the media that are covering the game going there for a few days, this isn't a knock. It's just an observation. Like They can go and write from there and cover the team and do that. But with so much of what we do being produced in this regard, it was, it, I don't know if I can do a show from over there. I, I just didn't, I wouldn't know how it would work. And so now I'm losing money and spending a lot of money. And I was just like, you know what? Trying to make a smart business decision as much as I'd love to go. Uh, and my wife is not happy with me, by the way, at all. But just trying to make a smart business decision. And it's Navy. If honestly, I, I, I hate to say this, but if it was another team, I would, I'd probably suck it up and go. But it's Navy. You don't want to see some triple option in Dublin, man. <laughs> Ryan, you know the answer to that question. Ryan, just trying to start Quick decisions, some man. Quick decisions. Yeah. Ice yeah. in your veins. Ice in your veins. Yeah. yeah. All right, let's let's go to the next one. Let's go to the next one. Uh, from Philip Th- Britton. This was regarding the uh, the conversation that people were having about. I think a comment that some people have made about how. You know, Sam Hartman needs to be named the starter. And so these next two uh, comments yeah. are related to that. So I'm gonna it's gonna be kind of a two-parter, right? Gotcha. Well, Phillips says instead of getting 50% of practice snaps, he should be getting talking about Sam Hartman 80% yeah. as the starter. Follows up with seems like a waste of time right now, especially could be working on timing with the wide receivers. Couple couple things. It is inaccurate to say that Sam Hartman is only getting 50% of the, the first-team reps. He's not. He's getting more than 50% of the first-team reps. Uh, all the, the only time I've seen Tyler Buckner working primarily with the ones was the second practice we went to. But in all, almost all the videos and the first practice we went to in the scrimmage, Sam Hartman was working with the first-team offense. So he is getting more of the first-team reps. That's a bit of a misnomer, number one. Number two, spring preparation is completely different than fall preparation. Yes. In the spring, you're giving your ones and twos equal snaps always because you're not playing a game on Saturday. So you don't need to worry about getting 60 to 70 percent of your snaps to your ones and then you know, other your, your, your second group. So whether you're working with the ones or the twos, you're getting the same amount of reps. It's the percentage of are you getting more of the percentage of the reps with the first group is really where the conversation needs to be. And from everything I've seen and everything I've been told, Sam Hartman has gotten more first-team reps this spring than Tyler Buckner. And Tyler Buckner earned his first-team reps from what he's done. That's that's number that's number one. Number two, it goes back to what we've discussed today. This is about team building. 
and 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 I understand and I'm sympathetic to Mal- to Malik's point of view on this because from his experience and what he went through, he thoroughly outplayed, in my opinion, Deshaun Kaiser in the spring and in fall camp from what was open to us. And we had a lot of access back then. And they just wouldn't name him the starter. And then come fall, they end up right before the first game, they tell the quarterbacks, oh, and by the way, you're both playing tomorrow. It was handled so incredibly poorly. And I am i don't know this because I haven't talked to Malik about it. I listened to his show yesterday and, and listened because people were like, hey, you know, Malik went on a bit of a rant about it. So, so I was like, all right, let me check it out because you know, Malik has a unique experience. With, I mean, Malik has been through quarterback battles. It was him pushing Everett and then Deshaun sort of, quote, unquote, pushing him because of his own injury. So I'm sympathetic to where Malik is coming from. I, I really am. I just think this circumstance is different than the one Malik inherited because Malik didn't have to go against a guy that just showed up. And Malik was right. not a guy that just showed up. Malik was the leader of that team, whether he was the starter or not, in, in that offseason. This is different to where I believe that they need to make Sam work for this in an attempt to, number one, I think take some of the pressure off of him. Because if he's perceived to be in a quarterback battle, look at what people are saying about him now. Maybe he's not as good as we thought. Maybe he's this, maybe he's that. Instead of, you know, Sam Hartman's going to lead us to the promised land and national championship. So it's like it's taking some of that some of that off. And for a kid that doesn't really care about the spotlight, that might actually be a good thing, uh, number one. Number two, you need to make him earn it because, number one, Tyler Buckner is too good not to just – to too good to just push aside and say – Wait your turn, kid. Wait his turn. He's been here for three years. This is his third year. Sam Hartman's been here for five minutes. So I think that would have been a mistake for your relationship with Tyler Buckner. And I think that would have been done major damage to to just the overall team morale. You can bring this grad transfer in and you just hand him the job. He hasn't he hasn't earned a thing in a Notre Dame. I don't care what he did at Wake Forest. I mean, you do, but like as far as being the starter. He needs to show me he can do that here when the pressure's greater, you know, when, with, with these guys. And you make him earn it. And when he does earn it, Sam's going to have a far greater respect from his teammates. And you could see it in that scrimmage highlights. And you could hear from some of the things that people have told us. If Sam wins the job, and, and again, I fully expect Sam to win the job. I'll be shocked if Sam Hartman's not the starter. Shocked. Tyler's earned to be in this battle. Sam's been every bit as good as I thought he would be, especially when you consider where they are in the development. But it's good for Sam to not just be handed the job and say, well, everybody needs to know who the leader is. No, that's not accurate in this instance. That was true in Malik's case. And that's why Malik should have been the starter because Deshaun was not a leader and Malik was. This is different. Sam's got to prove that he's the leader of this team. I don't care that he was a captain of Wake Forest. Doesn't matter a lick. None of these people on this team are from Wake Forest. They don't care. They don't know what you did. They don't know the work you put in at Wake. They don't know any of that. You need to earn it here. <coughs> yeah, that's the key. I mean, I would say this too, Brian. The the last part of this from Philip, I just want to kind of add to. He's you know could could be working on timing with the wide receivers after spring ball. You're not put on. Well, yes, one he is doing that. He's getting those reps, but also. You don't go on the shelf after spring ball and just like be resurrected in August, right? For like for for fall camp, like he's going to be working all off season, all summer into the fall, 
working on timing with these guys. Like that's what quarterbacks do. They they say, "Hey man, we're going to go out and throw now, right? We're going to be we're going to go practice. We're going to go throw the football around." And so there's other opportunities for timing. Like this isn't a spring ball, then nothing at all, and then into fall practice. Like there's going to be plenty of opportunities for Sam Hartman to get on the same page with Tobias Merriweather, Deion Colsey, Chris Tyree, all those guys. They're going to have opportunities to do that. So just some context, like this isn't a end-all, be-all. This is the only time they're going to get reps is in the spring practice. Right, and we're seeing him throw to Chris Tyree and Jaden Thomas and Tobias Merriweather and Jaden. So I think there's a lot of perceived aspects of this that just aren't accurate, in my opinion. And I think that's the thing is if you're – if we're – If we're here's the thing, I've always said this: you have the right to your opinion. You don't have the right to your own facts. The facts are the facts. You can perceive the facts in any kind of way you want, but you don't have a right to your own facts. And so you can say, "Hey, look, I know this is the reality, but I think they should do this." That's fine. That's very fair. But and I'm not saying this necessarily, Philip. I'm not even saying that he's necessarily saying this because I I don't get that impression per se. I just say, look, at least know what the specifics are. And then you can say, Hey, I still don't like it. And that's fair. It's totally fine. Yeah. I get that. But just kind of be a little bit more on point with what exactly the circumstances are. Tyler, Sam Hartman's getting a ton of reps of those guys. Yep. The reality is, is Tyler Buckner's earned the right to have some of those reps too. And, and he is, and that's kind of, that's kind of, um, you know, where, where there needs to be. And somebody said that, Chris Hossfield, and thank you for the for this comment, Chris, because because I mean I listened to Malik's thing. I didn't listen to all of it, but I listened to to it, and I've heard him talk about it before. He says yeah. my perception of Malik's take was that Sam needed to earn it. However, there should have been a deadline for decision by spring to help him in the fall. But again, that's my whole point is that's an arbitrary earning it. You know that that that's my whole point. And and again, I don't I don't think Malik's case is unique, and every quarterback situation is unique. And we you and I have talked about this. There are times when you don't need to waste this. Look. You know who the starter is. Name him the starter in April. It's just the reality of it. We didn't, you know, there was no name a starter when it was, you know, Ian Book in 2019. He just knew he's going to be the starter. I just don't think that helps the team right now. And and this is where it is unique. Malik Malik can tell you a whole lot better about what it's like to be a quarterback in Notre Dame than I ever could. My whole point is, but as a college football coach, this particular instance is not something that Malik experienced. They didn't have a quarterback transferring in and battling for that competition. It was guys that had been on the same team since they got into college. It's just a little bit of a unique situation, and I understand where Malik's coming from. I just don't think there should have been an arbitrary deadline on it, and I think that you you are basically telling Tyler Buckner it doesn't matter what you do or how well you play. If we're going to put a deadline by the end of spring, that's an unfair thing to Tyler, in my opinion, because now you're going to name the starter because they're going to name Sam. The st- if they did it this spring, they'd name Sam the starter. But has Sam really proven heads, head, you know, head, head and shoulders to be way better than Tyler right now? I don't think that he has. And we understand the reasons why, and I'm totally fine with the reasons why. I just don't think it's something that they should necessarily go out and do right this second. Agreed. So I'm comfortable with where Notre Dame is on this decision. That's why my view of the current quarterback situation is way different than most people. I just think we're having a massive overreaction to some inaccurate – perceptions and reporting of what's going on at quarterback right and um second spring in a row that we've had this there was no quarterback battle last year no matter how much people wanted to say that there was there wasn't it was tyler buckner was going to start last year if unless he got hurt there was never a debate about that which is why he was named a quarterback like what five days into fall camp everybody knew who the quarterback was going to be last year 
So, and, and, and most people know who the quarterback's going to be this year. It's just, you got to make them earn it. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. Super chat from Craig Sebring. Craig, thank you so much for the super chat. Is it me or am I just being extra excited about Notre Dame football for the first time since Marcus Freeman took over? I mean, I'm excited. I mean, I don't think you're the only one. Like, I'm very well, excited about this I think, season. I think for him, it's – is is he the only one that, like, his unique part of that was the for the first time since Marcus Freeman took over. I think a lot of people were excited last year. I sure was. Yeah. Well, he, he said extra excited. So I took yeah. that as like he was excited, but like he's even more excited now. Gotcha. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah. yeah. Um, my, I hope you're not alone. I mean, you got at least two people that are excited about this team and about Notre Dame football. It's definitely not I, unanimous, yeah. but yeah, you're not alone. No, nor will it ever. And honestly, I don't mind people having differences of opinion. I, I, I think there's way too much cult-like thought in in this country right now man with sports and politics and everything it's just like you know what i like the fact that there are people that are like hey earn show me you know what i mean yeah. like because hey, i know people that love marcus freeman as a man and want him to be super successful but they're also in that whole but i'm not getting excited yet because he's got to show me and right sure. now all that i know is is that he lost to marshall and lost to stanford and that's a very fair thing to say i'm just not on that board i'm i'm giving him a little bit of benefit of the doubt i also have a different opinion of the talent of this football team i i have a stronger view on on how limiting certain things were to this team last year that don't exist this year but i think it's totally fair for somebody to say uh, sam hartman i think he's a great player he's got to show me he can do that in Notre Dame uniform very fair yeah. you know, tyler buckner you can talk all you want about how, how talented tyler buckner is but he's got to show me he can do it on saturdays fair very fair. How can he do it when he's only got a week to prepare as opposed to a month to prepare? Fair. Fair. Marcus Freeman's got to show me he can win more consistently. Fair. Bro, Ty, Tobias Merriweather's got one career catch. You got to show me something. Fair. All fair. You don't have to agree with me on that. My only point that I've ever said to somebody is at least have a good argument and, and legitimate facts if you're going to get into the debate. That's all I care about. But I, I like the fact that people are looking at this different. Makes for, for more fun shows because you know, hey, this take I'm about to say is, might not be very popular. But that's what sparks debate and makes this whole thing fun, you know? So, um, but I do, I do think there's some people, I mean, I think there's a lot of people fired up. I'm sort of fired up, you know, but, uh, but I also, especially for Notre Dame fans, I mean, Ryan, you you have not, you're, you're how old? 31? 31. Yep. You're 31 years old. You've lived on this planet for now going into your fourth decade, right? If you think about it, one to nine is a one decade, 10 to 19, right? So you're into your fourth decade. You've never seen Notre Dame win a national championship. Have not. So I understand some people saying, I don't want to get too excited. Now, I would say, my man, 
this is the time you're supposed to get excited. This is the fun part, the off season. This is the fun part. This is the part, the time when fanatics should, the fans should be fanatics, right? I mean, I'm excited until they give you, but I also understand I've been beat down enough that I just don't want to get too fired up. I need to show me they can do it. I totally respect that. Trust me, man. I, I, I have, I have all the sympathy for the people that scream BKPTSD in the chat because I get it, man. I get it. I was, I was programmed for a few years not to expect Notre Dame to win the big game. Like I, I fully understand that. I get it, man. Trust me. Yeah. And real quick, Jason Smith asked, do you expect them to name a QB after fall camp? I expect it to be named a lot sooner than I think the latest that they'll name a starter in my opinion is is the latest is two weeks before the first game i think it's the latest that we'll see them name a starting quarterback it, that's that in, in my opinion all right let's get back on track ryan so just some people bill walsh said he wants to see an aggressive colsey this is kind of in response to some things we talked yeah. about and he wants to see holden stace with some like nice catches so he was kind of on board with you a little bit ryan uh, he's he's excited about Dion uh, like you are, and, and and he's on board both of us about seeing. Uh, hey man, if 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 that light switch for Dion Colsey ever turns on, yeah. I'm not a really good player, man. <laughs> really good, talented player. So I'm excited, man. I'm really yeah. excited. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's get down to Andy Estimate Trucking. Andy Estimate Trucking LLC says was very optimistic about offensive line coaching and Coach Rudolph until he stated that Tosh Baker could move into play guard basically seamlessly in his presser your thoughts on baker at guard so his comment was more of a if you go back and listen to it it was more of a he didn't say it this way but this is the intent that i got from it is more of a in a pinch if the need is there tosh could move to guard like an emergency situation yeah i don't i don't see that I don't see six Tosh. foot eight, man. That's tough. Six foot eight that's and tough. not a mover. I mean, that's the thing is he's six eight, not a mover. So now, but if you're you're, you're traveling and you can yeah. only take eight or nine offensive linemen with you because your limits on how many you can travel, yep. and you're you only take you know one guard, one backup yep. guard, and you have a couple injuries or something like that. Yeah, okay. Tosh can go in there and get you out of a game. There's no doubt. But I just don't think that's a permanent move. In my opinion, yeah. it's just it's just the the pad level ability to create leverage. Like it's just tough for a six eight guy in general to play guard. I mean, that's why you don't you don't see that. It's like you just don't see it. You know, it's like there, there's a rare case occasionally where you see like a six six guy playing guard, a six seven guy. I mean, like Josh Lug played guard, but you know, it, it's it's just tough for a six eight guy to consistently gain leverage. It's just not easy. It's not easy. And like you said, Brian, if you're not a guy that just has that natural core strength and ability to move guys at the point of attack. It's tough, man. That's not really Tasha's game. It's not Tasha's game. From David Lowe. What's up, David? Brian, any chance Notre Dame needs any cornerback depth? I can't remember his name, but Saul, where a Notre Dame, Bobby Taylor Jr., where a Notre Dame legacy top, Bobby Taylor Jr. is in the portal from A&M. No, that's not a fit for Notre Dame. They looked at him. He camped at Notre Dame in high school, and they just decided it wasn't a fit, scheme fit, you know, just a lot of different ways. So I, I don't, and I don't, I don't think he was that. He was an okay prospect. He's not his dad as a player. Jalen Greathouse just took his soul when they played. You remember that Ryan? He took his soul when Jalen was a yeah. junior. Yeah, yeah. And they played against each other. So yeah, I um that that that's not a needle to me, and I don't think Notre Dame needs depth there. 
Um, Notre Dame's got Cam Hart, Benjamin Morrison, Jaden Mickey, Chance Tucker, all of those guys. Uh, um, Ryan Barnes, Christian, Christian Gray, Micah Bell, yeah. and the only guy that's out of eligibility after this season is is Cam Hart. And yeah, I think so- everybody in that group has a year also has twenty five. Yeah, I believe as well. And you'll and you'll have at least two corners in the twenty twenty four class coming in as right. well. So you've already got two, right? To yeah. your point, yes, you can maybe even have a third. So I just don't see that need. If there was a couple injuries, and maybe you'd want to go to the portal and get a kid who had a year, maybe because yeah. you're like, hey, Cam's been banged up, Christian's hurt now. I just I still don't even think that's necessarily a need position because you've got Clarence. Right, you've got Clarence can play that position as well. I forgot to mention Clarence Lewis. I was I was forget about Clarence too, man. Because in my head, I've convinced myself that he needs to move to safety, safety. and I just forget (laughs) talking about him at corner. But he's a corner right now. Clarence started for you when you went to the college football playoff, so they got plenty of depth at corner. Plenty of depth at corner. I don't think that's a need, and I honestly don't think he moves the needle. I'm he would at best be their number five safety or corner, Bobby Taylor Jr. At best, and so. Uh, they're in a lot better position than I think the people people. Want. I just had to bring this next one up, Ryan, because it's just too funny from Zach Martin. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Zach Martin says on National IB Rubdown Day, what are your preferred shower soaps? Yeah. First of all, I'm so glad I caught that. I'm so glad that I caught that before I hit submit. Yeah. That yeah. I that I had typed rub down instead of rundown. Uh, I, I I my wife had been buying me Old Spice like two in one, but I don't really like yeah. two in one soaps because I feel like they don't clean my body well enough. But I'm more of a, I'm kind of a simple guy, right? I'm I'm a dial guy. Give me a dial and a loofah, and I'm good to go. I don't really get too Fun, too fancy when it comes to soaps. Funny story. My dad's actually allergic to dial soap. So really, there you go. A random what's in fact the, there. What's in it that I he no doesn't idea. know? He just breaks out from it. I don't know. Interesting. But, um, yeah, I, I I use Zach whatever my wife supplies. Whatever so your wife buys you. Yes. Yeah. Yep. There you go. That's her thing, man. Nothing wrong with make, that. Make make Nothing me smell good and make me clean. I'm good. Yes. She's the one that's got to smell you. Yeah, there's it's no true. doubt. It's very no true. Doubt. <laughs> that's right. It's, it's like my deodorant, right? Like I use Old Spice, like a different like here, a yeah. specific type of Old Spice, but it's like, which one do you think smells good, babe? Cool. Right. There we go. <laughs> which it. one do you like? It's like, and you know me. I don't care. I just want deodorant that works. Yes, I don't really care yes. what it smells I don't like. want to be the smelly guy. Like, yeah, that's all I'm yeah, worried exactly. about. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You're the one that cares more about what exactly I smell like. Yes, so, yeah. 100%. Yep. Yep. Good call. From Bailey Brad, I've never really paid attention to this, but at Notre Dame, do cornerbacks stay on the side of the field or do they follow wide receivers? They are, uh, they have always been, at least in recent years, going back to Mike Elko for sure. They've always been field boundary. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so short side of the field to wide side of the field, essentially. Now, there are times when they're playing teams that play tempo that they'll stay left-right. I think Notre Dame yeah. eventually could be in the position when you look at the young talent that they're recruiting. When you look at – I mean, if, if there's a comes a time someday where Benjamin Morrison and and uh, Christian Gray are starting corners, play left-right yeah. if you want yeah. to. I don't care. You don't they need, can both you play boundary, both can play field. Yeah, yeah. so I, I, I'm good with that. Cam Hart could do that now, but I think Cam, they really like Cam to the field because he's a really, he's so rangy. Yeah. And you've got to have a really good tackler against screens too. He's a really good screen guy. So very much. So we got a super chat from Truman. Haven't had, we haven't seen Truman in a while. Truman. Thank good to see you, man. Thank you for the super chat. 
Yeah, Truman, thank you so much. This question is, is there any sleeper picks for blue and gold? I pick Ryan Barnes as a sleeper and Jaden Osbury, also Jason Onye. Uh, those are good ones on defense. Yes. I mean, I, I, I'd i love to see, because remember, Ryan Barnes had a couple big sticks in last year's spring game. Yeah. Uh, I'd, I'd love to see those, especially Jaden Osbury. We talked about Jason Onye. I, I, I'm telling you, uh, if you talk about sleeper, a guy that just gets, because we've talked a lot about Jason Onye, right, this yeah. spring. I mean, a, a ton guy that maybe a lot of people aren't talking a lot about on defense, and I'm, I'm very curious to see kind of what he does in the blue-gold game is Donovan Heinish. I really am. He's a guy that I got my eye on. I want to see him do something this spring. Offensively, yeah. Ryan, a surprise. Jabron uh, Payne. I think we talked about yeah, him a little bit earlier. But yeah. if, like, he, if he balls out and you're like, oh, dude might have to play a little bit this year, man. Like, not too bad. So he would be one. Wide receiver wise, I mean, I wouldn't be like overly surprised, but I mean, you know, if one of the freshmen or like the this best receiver off. on the day, yeah. then like, yeah, sure. Jaden Greathouse sure. catches like seven balls for 130. I mean, yeah, that surprised me a little bit just because I don't sure. know if the opportunities are going to be there for that. Exactly. But yeah, surprised me a little bit. But just again, not because of the talent, it's just because of the opportunity. Talent's you, you there. Know, what, what, what would be, I think what would surprise some people because I think that there's a Modest expectation for what Mitchell Evans will do from a receiver production rise. But, like, what if Mitchell Evans comes out, Brian? He's just like five catches, 85 and a tutty during the game. Right. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, okay. Right. All right. Might have something right. there. Yeah. Oh, no doubt. But see, I kind of already been like, yeah, okay. That's what I expect. Like, that's how I am with Mitchell. I mean, tight end, but also, you know, Mitchell, Mitchell won me over. I was not a big Mitchell Evans. Not that I wasn't a fan. I just I had a hard time evaluating him. Because he was a quarterback, yeah, quarterback and, and it's kind of rangy, but I didn't see explosiveness. You know, what was his frame going to look like? Could he block anyone? You know, like, and, uh, you know, what was a kindly lowly ranked guy, but man, John McNulty was all about, all about Mitchell Evans, man. And he was right. I mean, the kids, it's a good evaluation. Yeah. Yeah. And, and he's, I mean, honestly, he's played a lot more than I thought he was going to out of necessity. And he wasn't ready to as a freshman. He was not physically ready to play as a freshman, but he did it anyway. And he answered the bell every single week when he had the chance. And now you're going to year three, and he's going to be a lot more grown man strong. Because I've said this before. You you look at a picture of Mitchell Evans and Joe Walt, and they look like just neck up. They look like little kids. My wife actually said this to me. She was at uh, Mission Barbecue last week getting some dinner. And uh, the offensive line over there. And I guess Joe Walt had walked up and she's like, this giant walks up next to me. <laughs> and she goes, and so I look up and she's like, and he looked like a little kid in the face. Yes. <laughs> she goes, who is that? I said, oh, that's Joe Walt. That's definitely 100% Joe, Walt. Joe Walt. You know what I yeah. mean? 100%. And she's like, he looked like he was like 15 in the face, but he's just giant. And I'm like, yeah, that's Joe Walt. That's definitely Joe Walt. Mitchell definitely. Evans is kind of that way too. He looks like a little kid. He's a very young baby face, right? Well, and the reason that matters is because I have a feeling like there's a big physical jump coming for Mitchell either this year or next year, where he's just you're gonna you're gonna see him like either this summer or maybe after next season going into spring ball, he's gonna come out for an interview and you're gonna be like, Who, who's that? Who's the dude yeah. with the beard and the jacked up <laughs> muscles? Yeah, it's like oh, that's Mitchell Evans, right? You know what I mean, oh, Ryan? Like because he's because he's already six five two sixty, like he's got right. a good frame, right? It's yeah. like yeah, that could happen. Yeah. Could happen. Yeah. So, like, I remember seeing pictures of him last year, and he just – all the other tight ends are, like, jacked up. And Eli Raritan's, like, ripped up. And you can tell he, like, shaves every other day, if not every day. And then you see Mitchell Evans over there looking like a 13-year-old, you know, in the face <laughs> and probably shaves every four or five days maybe. And he has, like, no definition. 
And you're yeah. just like, because he's got a very young body. This is the whole thing people have to understand. This is the difficulty of evaluating players. You got a very young body. These aren't insults about Mitchell. In fact, they're actually kind of good things. I mean, it's because there's they a, are. if he's doing what he's doing now and he still has that real young body, when that part goes away and he starts looking like a grown man, he's going to be a dude. Yeah. And uh had a chance to meet his dad one time after his freshman year after a game. His, his mom and dad came up to me and, like, if this is what his dad looks like, Mitchell's going to fill out quite nicely. Like, his dad looked like dude he, too. His yeah. dad looked like he could get in a three-point stance, and if I talked <laughs> bad about his son, make me never want to talk bad about his son again. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So I was like, okay, I'm glad that you guys don't dislike me because <laughs> – I'm not. I'm. I'm catching an L in this one, right? If if <laughs> it comes funny. down to it, I'm catching an L in this one. So, but so, uh, you, no, you uh, no, no board drills or Oklahoma for you against Mr. No, Evans. No, no. Okay. Nope. 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 <laughs> I'd have. I'd, I'd be like, yeah, I got you. I got you. And then I would pull a hammy as I'm walking up to. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I would have had you, but my, Vince, my take him. Take him. My Vince, ha- my ha- him. Yeah. <laughs> Vince, get on that man. This <laughs> like, what? What are you nuts? Um. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, he, he's he's gonna be that guy. He's gonna be that guy. In my opinion, I just don't know when that's gonna happen. It, dude, it may not happen until he gets to the NFL. I mean, uh, really, it could because because he doesn't have that fifth year. That's the yeah. thing. That's the only concern negative I have about Mitchell is he didn't he 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 lost that year in twenty one out of necessity. Yeah. And so he doesn't have that extra year. But it could be a thing where he's like a third round draft pick or something, or you know, and 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 all of a sudden it hits in his you know between his senior year and his rookie year. And they're like, who the heck is this freaking guy? Kind of happened you know? for George Kittle, man. Like, yeah. people forget George Kittle wasn't that guy in Iowa, man. Yeah. Like, he was good. He wasn't that guy in Iowa, you right. know? And then he developed right. into that guy. So right. Yeah, I'm trying to think what 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 was George Kittle's rookie year, Ryan? Do you remember? I, I don't know if he was killer as a rookie. I remember his second year, I think, was when he was like, oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. His, his, here's what George Kittle did. In, well, I was only looking at that from I wanted to look yeah. up his numbers. But as a freshman in 2013, George Kittle was, had 6'4", 225. He had five catches for 108 yards. Yep. The next year, he had a whopping one catch for 25 yards. He broke out as a junior with 20 catches for 290 yards and six touchdowns. And then as a senior, he had a – Monster campaign of 22 catches for 314 yards and four touchdowns. And he was six. Wasn't that that, he wasn't that guy at Iowa? Right, exactly. Guys develop differently, right? And TJ Hawkinson has never been better than he was as a junior at Iowa. You know? So yeah, guys just they they do. Michael Mike Mayer stepped on campus in Notre Dame looking like a grown-up. Yes. I mean, (laughs) you, you know what I mean? Like physically looking like a grown up. And yep. he's gotten thicker, but he still looks exactly like he did as a freshman. I mean, just he's just as, a little as, bigger now. As a freshman, Michael Mayer could have made an NFL roster. Not saying like he's a starting tight end, but like could have yeah. made a roster. Yeah. Yes. 